Welcome to Business Owners Radio. Business Owners Radio, where established business owners get the latest insights, strategies, and practices to grow a sustainably profitable business. And now, taking care of business, your hosts, Craig Moen and Shai Gilad. Good morning, Shai. How are you this morning? I'm doing great, Craig. And of course, it's another gorgeous fall day here in the nation's capital. And, you know, this time of year always gets me thinking about end of year planning. Lots of actions needed on the business side to really tone things up, getting them ready going into that financial side. In this case, people start thinking about, oh, okay, let's look at the taxes again. Something that would be really good to look on a continuous basis throughout the year. But as the end of year approaches, Financials become front and center as far as what can we do to set us up for this year and next year. Absolutely, Craig. You know, tax planning is really something that business owners should be looking at at least twice a year. And with the last months of the year upon us, it's not too late to take some action and still reduce your liability for 2015. Taking a proactive tax planning approach to every year and specifically this year can have a major impact on the financials of the company. Yeah, it's funny. I can tell you a story about this. It actually happened to me a few years ago. We had a situation where we actually exceeded our earnings expectations in the last quarter of the year. And I was reviewing this with our tax advisor in November. So he asked me, do you have any capital expenses that are planned for next year? Do you need a new vehicle or any other equipment for the business? that you could consider purchasing before the end of the year. And at the time, we were actually looking at a vehicle purchase for the business. And it turns out that there was a section of the code, I think it's section 179, that allows you to take accelerated depreciation on a vehicle of certain types and sizes. And in this case, we were able to buy a truck that we put into the business, and it reduced our exposure significantly. It was about 20 to 30 percent, and it actually brought us into a whole different tax bracket, which further reduced our liability. We, of course, had to rush to buy, <laughs> buy this truck by in the last you know, waning weeks of the year. But I have to tell you something. It turns out that's a really good time to shop for vehicles as well because a lot of them are trying to meet their year-end numbers. So it really teed up pretty well for us, and it just made a huge impact. It's really impactful when you can make those strategic moves, some of them small, some of them very large, that have a huge impact on the final bottom line. And that's really why I'm excited about our guest today, because this tax advisor is going to tell us a story about how he saved a client of his $120,000 in tax liability. Craig, can you imagine what our business owners could do with an extra $120,000 for next year? Yeah, and that's after tax, real money. You know, Craig, one thing you and I have spent a lot of time discussing is how there are different choices you make on where to invest your money as a business owner. And subject matter experts, when and when and where to outsource, who to hire, that can really help you get a return on your investment. Absolutely, and it impacts the optimization of time and resources and talent that you may have on staff today. By going outside, many times you're going to be getting a whole nother level of capability and currency of information. That really applies big time in the tax field. 
No question about it. I mean, you're, you're talking about laws that change every year, and they can have major impact on how you're operating your business. And we're fortunate to have a guest, Michael Johnson of ClearPath Advisors. ClearPath Advisors focuses on professional accounting, payroll, tax planning, preparation, financial planning, and business guidance. And Michael, welcome. Oh, good day. How are you doing this morning? Good, good. For a Monday, bright and early. This is a great time. <laughs> Business starts on Monday. As we know, it goes seven days a week occasionally, but Monday's a great time. So how are things out there? Tell me a little bit about yourself and more about the business. Well, I've been uh, doing taxes and accounting and business consulting for going on 30 years now. And our firm does about 800 returns a year, a mixture of business, uh, farm, and individual we have a staff of seven, including three professionals. Uh, we love working with small business, the one that we're focused on. So I'm looking forward to our conversation today. And from your day-to-day -day activities, I imagine at the end of the year, you get a lot of focus on what, what do I need to do before the end of the year? I know we're focusing on that right now. And so many things that can make Minor alterations in your planning and strategy for the end of the year can make huge impact on the business. What types of things are you seeing in your focus in your business, helping your clients work that end of year strategy? Yeah, fall is uh, tax planning season. We've got a few clients I actually work with year round, but the large majority we're dealing with in the fall. Just talking about you know, with the things that they've already been doing with their business, they're, they're so busy doing business that they don't always have an opportunity to stop and think about the tax implications of what they're doing. And so we like to sit down with them and, and walk through various issues. So, yeah, every fall uh, we do a lot of tax planning. And as a good example of that, I've got a case study from a client that we took on a couple of years back. Uh, they were a new client to us, but they'd been in business for a while, and we were able to show them a few things to help them improve their tax situation. So this individual client came to us. Uh, they, they own their business. Uh, they've got four employees, and the client himself had wages of about 250000 The business had gross sales of $1.5 million and expenses of about $1.3 So the business was showing a net profit for the year of 200000 and their standard deductions were 50000 and I say there because it was a married couple. So their taxable income, if we take the 250 in wages and the 200 in profit, and we deduct the 50000 in standard deductions and, and itemized deductions, it takes us to a taxable income of 400000 To give them a base point to start with, I calculated the tax on those amounts. At that stage of the game, their total tax would have been $150,000. So the breakdown of the 150000 is a 33% income tax of 132000 There's a 15% self-employment tax on the first $100,000 of profit. And there's a remaining 3% self-employment tax on the other $100,000 of profit. That then is 132 plus 15 plus 3. That takes us to $150,000 of tax at the outset. So then I sat down with the client. We started digging a little deeper into their business. And I was looking at their gross income numbers. And one of the things I always want to know is what is that made up of? 
So I asked them, of that $1.5 million of gross revenue, how much of that, if any, was billed out but not received? And they said about 100000 had not yet been received, at which point I related to them some of the tax rules about cash basis versus accrual basis accounting. And it turns out that at their level of income, they can still be a cash basis taxpayer. Therefore, we don't have to count income that has not been received. So in this case, that allowed us to subtract that $100,000 of receivables from their gross income, taking us to $1.4 million. So moving on then, I looked at a few other profit and loss statements, and one of the next things that caught my eye was their automobile costs. So they had $20,000 of actual costs for their vehicle expense, and I always get curious about that. So I asked the question, how many miles did you put on with those four vehicles per for the entire year? And they said, well, we put about 20,000 miles on per year, per vehicle. And we have four vehicles, that's 80,000 miles a year. Well, the standard mileage rate, which can be taken on a fleet of vehicles up to the fleet size being no greater than four. Well, the, the standard mileage rate is 55 cents per mile. Well, at 80,000 miles on those four vehicles, we can get a standard deduction based on that mileage rate of $44,000 versus $20,000. And then the next thing that caught my eye was they had some depreciation on their income statement. And the depreciation they had there was about $40,000. So again, being the curious guy I am, I asked them the question, what did you purchase this last year and what was its value? And they said, well, we basically purchased a lot of equipment for our business in order to expand, and we spent about $200,000 on equipment. And they said, okay, you've got $200,000 of equipment, but you're only taking $40,000 of depreciation. Do you realize that there is a section of the Internal Revenue Code that allows us to actually write equipment off? Well, if it's under a half million dollars worth of equipment this year, we can actually write off all of the expense in one fell swoop. I said, so we could actually deduct all $200,000 right now, at which point, of course, their eyes lit up a little bit. I'd say. <laughs> now, Michael, is that is that uh, accelerated depreciation the same every year, or does that change from year to year? Well, we have to pay attention to Congress because um, that's one of the things that the extender bills that have been going on for quite a few years now has to keep pulling forward and there's nothing cast in stone that says that every year there's going to be a half million dollar allowance so it's our job to pay attention to that and make sure that we're making our clients aware of the situation you know hopefully even before they make purchases but certainly at at tax planning time we want data on what's going on so there could be a significant opportunity right now for folks that are looking to make capital uh, expenditures before the end of the year. You bet. That's that's definitely the case. And it's important that clients talk to their tax advisors about that situation because what we have found is salesmen in any arena who are trying to sell equipment to somebody will tend to tell them kind of half the story. <laughs> They'll tell them, well, you can get a, you can write all this equipment off this year. Well, better to talk to your tax advisor in your particular situation and find out for certain 
just what can you do based on your income level? Because there are some restrictions as to what can be done there based on income level as well. So, Craig, that actually makes me think here at Business Owners Radio could be a good time to upgrade our equipment. Yeah, um, but that Tesla you're talking about might be a problem. <laughs> oh, well, maybe for next year. Next year. <laughs> We do represent people that get in tax trouble as well. Ah, okay. <laughs> we're not there yet, but we're yeah, we'll keep we'll keep your number handy there, Michael. Thanks. <laughs> so, if we roll all of this together, I'll kind of just briefly summarize what we had done for the client. First of all, we have reduced their gross income based on cash basis accounting from 1.5 to 1.4 billion. Then we had reclassified their automobile expense to standard mileage rate, which increased their expense from 20000 to 44000 And then we looked at their equipment expenditures and using the accelerated depreciation, instead of them depreciating and taking a deduction for 40000 we were able to increase that to 200000 In the original case that we did at the outset, I'll just remind the listeners that we had a gross income of $1.5 million, expenses of $1.3 million, which had us at a net profit of 200000 After all the planning and advice that we gave the client, we were able to increase their total expense to $1.484 million versus a new gross income of $1.4 million, takes us now to a net loss. So when the client first came in, their profit was $200,000. we are showing a loss now of 84000 The net result of that then becomes this. They still had their $250,000 of wages. We now have an $84,000 loss on their business. Plus, we're still taking their standard deduction and itemized deductions of 50000 their new taxable income is now 116000 But when they first sat down with us, we had calculated 400000 So we've already reduced their taxable income substantially. Instead of there being three different taxes, there's only one. And the better news is the income tax rate, which is the only tax that's remaining, is now 25% versus 33%, which leaves us now with an income tax of 29000 there's no longer any self-employment tax at the 15% or the 3% rate. So their net tax is now 29000 versus the original tax number of $150,000. we have saved this client $121,000 just by going through the items we went through and making the adjustments that we suggested. Michael, this is amazing. What would you say in your experience... What percentage are in this situation when they're finding that they've been going along paying an exorbitant amount of taxes each year without really understanding some of the strategies going forward? I have had a hard time believing this when I first got in this industry. I thought that every tax preparer out there was in the planning business, looking forward to sitting down with their clients and helping their clients work smarter And what I've discovered is in the industry itself, in the tax preparation industry, whether it be tax accountants or enrolled agents or the retail store on the street, it's a rare commodity to find tax preparers who do tax planning. Here's what I know. 
business owners are really good at doing business. They're good at producing income, but they may not have the time or the inclination to spend a lot of time looking at their tax situation. What we hope for, of course, is that the business owner is looking for answers to questions that maybe they don't even know to ask. And that's, again, where having a good tax professional that's willing to look for those blind spots and help you discover those things that could make a difference in your business. So finding the right tax professional is the key to everything because that right tax professional will sit down with you and go through your information and do their best to help you reduce your tax bill. And it sounds like that's going to have just a significant impact. You know, one thing we talk a lot about, Craig, is that business owners can only focus on so many things. And such a big part of understanding how to operate in a more strategic fashion is really figuring out what you need to outsource and when to rely on professional advice. And this is clearly one of those areas where you need to defer to a subject matter expert because you're just going to get a huge return on that investment. Yeah, Shai, the, the alignment of dollar-to-dollar investment, we're dealing with financial strategy, and subtle changes in the strategy of going forward with the tax planning has profound differences in the actual financial dynamics of the corporation, so huge value. I know that our fellow business owners are always looking for strategic advantage and for strategic changes to their fundamental business, and this definitely is one of the basis of the whole financial plan and the financial focus for the company. It's one that we look at at all times. So, Michael, we really appreciate this insight. And, Michael, I I had a few questions as a follow-up. First of all, you said that you took, uh, in this one case study that we're discussing, you took your client from being exposed to three taxes down to one. Could you uh, clarify that for our listeners? Certainly. This particular client, at the time they came in, was still running their business as a sole proprietor. From the standpoint of income taxes, they were doing everything. Uh, Schedule C of their Form 1040. Schedule C is where business activity rides on a 1040 tax return. And as a result of doing their business taxes that way, they are subjecting themselves to not just income tax, but also something called self-employment tax. And you heard me in my case study uh, review uh, mention a couple of things, and I'll go into a little more depth here. There was a 15% self-employment tax, and then there was a 3% self-employment tax. That has everything to do with the level of profit we were talking about. The 15% self-employment tax is actually based on the concept and the reality that self-employment tax is really Social Security and Medicare. It's how the government makes sure that no matter what kind of a business you're running, you're paying something into Social Security and Medicare. Well, it turns out in this case that the first $100,000 of profit was subjected to full self-employment tax covering both Social Security and Medicare, which again was that 15% rate. Any number of, in terms of profit that was greater than the $100,000 figure was then subjected to just a 3% self-employment tax, but that was only 3% because that's essentially what Medicare is. Medicare does not have a ceiling. Social Security does. 
And each year, the, that's the ceiling amount on Social Security does change. So again, that's another good reason to have a tax professional working with you because they will know what those numbers are. But that's the breakdown of why this particular client is paying essentially three different taxes based on the profitability of their business at, at that time. Thank you for that. And I, also on the standard mileage rate uh, at 55 cents a mile, you know, I, I've worked with some clients before on the coaching side uh, that have been confused about record keeping and, and especially when it comes to vehicles and, of course, their exposure to audit. Uh, what do you recommend and what do you see from your clients as far as how they keep uh, records on their vehicles? What we end up doing with most of our is having them try to keep it as simple as possible. We don't want to create an entire you know, new burden of record keeping on them. If we can keep it pretty close to something they're already using, like in this particular client's case, they were already using a calendar to keep track of all of these appointments when they were on the road. They calendar already had a pretty good indication as to what clients they were seeing, what the business purpose was, but they weren't tracking those miles uh, specifically to each one of those appointments. And so that's all we had them do. We just had them add one more field to their calendar where each of the employees kept track of the miles for each of those trips. We're not about trying to reinvent the wheel if we don't have to. We would rather just use what's already in place and maybe make some slight adjustment to it in order to help our clients keep track of whatever the deductible item might be. I love that, just applying a simple solution to really a simple problem. Uh, no need to complicate it with new tools that require more training or add complexity to your infrastructure. Just take your existing system, add one more field, and now you're covered. Exactly. Michael, I really appreciate you spending time with us today. I want to thank you for being our guest today. And again, Michael Johnson is the CEO of ClearPath Advisors. And Michael's contact information will be on our show notes here for this episode at businessownersradio.com. Thank you again, Michael. I look forward to chatting with you again. Thank you very much, and I look forward to seeing you again as well. Thank you for joining us on Business Owners Radio. We hope you enjoyed today's show. As always, you can read more about each episode along with links and offers in the show notes on our website, businessownersradio.com. We want to hear your feedback. Please leave comments on this show or suggestions for upcoming episodes. Tell your fellow business owners about the show and, of course, you would love the stars and comments on iTunes. Till next time, keep taking care of business. Business.